Jesus Christ, my living hope. I'm telling you, what a great song. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for choosing to join us for worship. I know uh, many people from our church, um, it, it's, it's, it's so different, isn't it? This is all crazy. I was just talking to uh, one of our church members um, yesterday about how I can't wait to get back together and worship face to face. And uh, I'm telling you, this is, a, this is a great opportunity, though, for God's glory to be revealed and for his, the power of the gospel to shine even in the midst of all this. And uh, he is our only hope. And uh, praise the Lord. So I'm glad you're with us today. We're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. You know, had a, have had a great few weeks. Last week's Easter service was great. And uh, thanks to all those who tuned in and watched that. And uh, I also want to give a quick shout out uh, again to our team of helpers. Uh, all those who do the announcements, who help with the cameras and things like that. Um, we have our Coastline Kids on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. A kid program that we've been doing for a few weeks and God's blessed that. And thank for all, all of uh, the help for that as well. And uh, there's just a lot going on. We got new content coming out each week. Uh, I know it was mentioned earlier in the announcements, but tomorrow we'll be releasing a video about um, autism. Uh, this is April. April is Autism Awareness Month. And we're going to be talking about just some, uh, um, some ways to be an encouragement to families that, um, that deal with special needs and things like that. So please watch that. And we're just trying to bring awareness to this. And it's a big part of our lives as well. And uh, so there's a lot of content coming out every, every week on our Facebook page. And we're working out some other different platforms as well. And uh, so thank you just for being with us and for, for being patient with us in all this. Um, God is great. And God is faithful. And I love him. And I love the opportunity that he's given us to minister in this way. So again, we're in Luke chapter 7. Thanks for tuning in. Let's do this. Let's just read the scriptures. I'll read the whole passage. The verses will be up there on the screen. We'll pray and jump right into the message today. Try to be out of here pretty soon. Get you, get you on your way pretty soon. And so let's look at it. Luke chapter 7, looking at the story of the sinful woman who washes the feet of Jesus. This is not to be confused with the other story that's very similar in the Gospels of Mary washing Jesus' feet with the alabaster box. That's when Judas says, hey, do you know how much that's worth? This is a completely different story than that, a whole different thing, different time, different place. That one was, the other one was in Bethany. Uh, this one's in a different town. It's at the house of Simon the Pharisee. Um, the other one was Simon the leper. So this is a totally different story. Just so you know, it's very easy to confuse those and to think it's the same thing, but it's not. So Luke chapter 7, let's look at verse 36 and read these verses together. Hey, follow along on the screen or in your Bible if you have that with you. Verse 36 says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, this man, if if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have some, somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. 
And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with, with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. The question in today's message is simply this. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Let's pray together. Ask God to bless the message. We'll jump right in. Lord, we love you and we need you. Please, God, I ask you right now, all those who are watching, who maybe are just tuning in right now, please use this message to uh, speak to hearts, to convict hearts, to encourage hearts. Use me, Lord, as I'm standing here, um, doing my best, Lord, to, to, to preach this message to an empty room. It will give me passion. I plead the blood of Jesus over this place right now, over those watching right now. God, I love you. I love you. I love you. Help me to love you even more. Give me grace to love you even more. Lord, please keep us all safe from distractions right now. Lord, me as I preach those and, and those watching as they listen. Thank you for who you are. In your precious and holy name, amen. Let's unpack the story a little bit first and look at some of the, the behind-the-scenes details that we can often go right through. Here's a guy, Simon the Pharisee. Now, Simon the Pharisee, uh, uh, most of the Pharisees we know in the Gospels, uh, weren't big fans of Jesus Christ at all. So to have a guy inviting, a Pharisee inviting Jesus over for dinner is kind of surprising. We, off, we see very quickly, though, his intentions for this. Uh, back in, this, in the culture of the Bible times, it was not uncommon at all for the religious elite, if there was a visiting rabbi or a visiting teacher, to invite them over for dinner. In fact, it was kind of a, a sign of honor, and it was kind of something that they could show off. Uh, Pharisees at the time had a lot of money. Obviously, a thing like this, uh, the, the community is welcome to come, and they got big houses, lots of money, and it's just a way to really impress people and just sit around and eat and listen to the words of this teacher, of this rabbi. So Simon has Jesus over for dinner and, and uh, says in verse 36, he desired him to eat with him. And when he went to the Pharisee's house, he sat down to meet. We don't see anything. And we, Jesus mentioned later on, we don't see any cordial greeting or, or signs of respect, the washing of the feet, uh, the greeting uh, with a kiss, things like that that they did in this culture, uh, the, the oil that they would use for their head, for their hair. None of that happens. It wasn't necessarily required. But it was a very normal thing to do, a very courteous thing to do. And Simon didn't do it. Simon didn't do it. Obviously, Simon's thoughts about Jesus were, were, were more maybe that he was a teacher, people liked him, but really didn't believe Jesus was who he says he was. The first truth that you can see from this passage of Scripture, from this story, is this. We love ourselves more then we love God. We love ourselves more than we love God. Simon's intentions in all this, Simon's desire in this whole scenario was not at all to lift up the name of Jesus or to uh, 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 support his message of repentance and of redemption. None of that at all. Simon wanted 
to look cool. <laughs> Simon wanted the preeminence. Simon wanted the, the fame. Simon wanted to be the guy that could show off his house for the community. He, he had no interest in encouraging or being a blessing or supporting the ministry and work of Jesus Christ. We see uh, as we go through this, the woman comes into the house and, and suddenly when things start to happen, and we'll talk more about it in just a few minutes, Simon automatically in his mind uh, jumps right to the fact of, uh, uh, you know, now when the Pharisee in verse 39, which had bidden him, saw it when Simon saw this woman washing Jesus' feet with her hair, it says, he spake within himself saying, he didn't have the courage to speak out, he in his, in his own heart said, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Simon's heart was totally in the wrong place, as were most of the Pharisees. And unfortunately, most of our hearts as well today. You see, we'll go to church. We will attend church services. We will share the scripture verses on Facebook and things like that. We will uh, wear a suit and tie. We will sing out on top of our lungs. And, 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 and yeah, we'll do that on Sundays. But then on Tuesdays, we're uh, acting in anger towards our spouse. We're impatient with our children. We're, we're, we're lying in our jobs so we don't get in trouble. We are cutting someone off on the highway. We are uh, uh, driving past the homeless person and not even looking them in the eye because uh, they've obviously made their own bed. You see what I'm getting at here? We love ourselves oftentimes more than we love God. We love ourselves more than we love God. We are building this little kingdom of our own lives with no thought for God's kingdom. We are here to bring glory to God. That is why we are here. But we love ourselves more than we love God. A blind person obviously knows that they're blind. They cannot see, which is why they're not going to get into a car and start driving around, uh, which is why they're very careful what they do. They, they recognize their condition. But spiritually blind people rarely realize that they're spiritually blind. We walk around lives spiritually blind, thinking that we are completely and totally okay. We're not, Simon said, you know, when Jesus said to him, uh, uh, whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. You think Simon liked hearing that? I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that Simon got mad about that and thought, why would I need to be forgiven? I'm not a sinner. I'm not like this woman. Spiritually blind people rarely recognize that they're spiritually blind. That's why we go to church every week and, and do the things that are expected of us, that we're used to doing, these little uh, 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 church habits that we have, but none of it is real in our hearts. None of it's real in our hearts. And some of you don't like to hear that right now, but that's the truth, and that's the life that I live for solo, not recognizing how spiritually blind I really was. We love ourselves more than we love God. We have a higher view of ourselves than we, than we should have. The Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The Bible says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. On and on, the Bible talks about this sin of pride that really is at the root of every other sin problem. Problem with pornography? 
It's a self problem. It's a pride problem. Thinking that you deserve this or have to have this. It's a self thing. Uh, anger, pride. Stems from pride. Uh, uh, on and on you could go. Even insecurity, which you'd think would be, you know, feeling bad about yourself. If, you know what that is? That's pride because it's about self. Without realizing it, we often love God. We often love ourselves, rather, more than we love God. And we see that truth in this passage as this Pharisee brings Jesus in, but not for Jesus' sake, for his own glory. What else do we see? Let's read the next verse in verse 37. Behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now stop right there and think about this. Here is this woman in the city, a prostitute, obviously known for her sin, has this difficult, terrible reputation that she has brought upon herself. How difficult and challenging must it have been for this woman to make the hard choice to say, I'm going to go to the Pharisee's house because Jesus is going to be there. You think that was an easy decision for her? You think she didn't know what people already said about her when she walked by? Listen, this woman no doubt had been spat upon, was the, was the brunt of every mean and nasty joke. Uh, the other woman in the city obviously looked down on her and, and talked about her probably publicly and privately amongst themselves. A, 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 a just cast out. No one wanted her around. No, no one wanted, obviously no one wanted her, uh, her at all, even near them. Because she was, as Simon said, a sinner, a social outcast. But she heard that Jesus was going to be there. So know what she did? She acted in humility and went to this difficult place to see Jesus. You will meet Jesus in the most humble places. We meet Jesus. We encounter Jesus Christ in moments of humility. And that's the second truth. Humility is painful, but it's incredibly needful and beneficial. It changes our lives. That's what humility does. It's the opposite of pride. This woman, listen, why was she a prostitute? We don't know why she was a prostitute. Maybe she was a, a woman that was just filled with lust. But probably more likely, maybe she was abused as a child. Maybe uh, uh, she, she was an illegitimate child, an orphan. Maybe she was a widow that was struggling to survive. Who We don't know. All we know is, listen, the Bible doesn't clearly say what she does, but the, most, the, the world's oldest profession does not need a job description. We know what's going on here. And the people in the story know, knew, knew what was going on here. And Jesus knew exactly who this woman was. Even though Simon thought he didn't, Jesus knew. And this woman acts in humility. She acts in humility. Not just by going to the house, but when she finally is there and finally gets even close to Jesus, the presence of Jesus alone brings her to tears. Maybe, just maybe, when she heard that Jesus would be coming to Simon's house, she made a decision to say, you know what? 
I have to get there. I'm sick of living this life. I'm sick of this reputation that I've had that I've brought upon myself. And I am ready for a change. And I know that he, I've seen what he's done for others. I've heard the words that he said of hope in his message of hope, his message of peace. I've seen how he's given life to people. I've seen how he's given sight to the blind and made the lame to walk again. I want what he has. And I need Jesus in my life. And she decided to go. But not only does she show up, which is hard enough. No doubt when she gets there, people are looking at her and giving her sideways glances. Why is she here? Who invited her? This is no place for that woman, that sinner. But when she sees, when she's there and she sees Jesus, and they're eating dinner and they're, you know, reclined. The Bible says that he, he reclined there. And obviously there the short tables and this culture and leaning on his arm and, and eating with the other hand. And his feet are kind of spread out. And she gets behind him and begins to weep about what we don't necessarily know for sure. Maybe thinking, maybe maybe it was a little bit of insecurity. Well, I can't believe I'm here. Why am I here in front of this man? And feeling bad about something. Maybe she was just overwhelmed at the presence of Jesus. We don't know. We know she began to cry. Crying so much that her tears began to fall onto his feet. You think of the dirty, dusty feet that his feet hadn't been washed. Simon didn't wash his feet. Simon didn't offer him water for his feet. She begins to cry and the tears land on these dirty, dusty feet. And you can just picture these little wet spots forming on his dirty feet and, 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 and the dusty feet. And, and what does she do? She takes off whatever head covering she might have had and lets her hair flow down, which also was a, a shameful thing for women to do is to show their hair. But she didn't care, didn't deter her. She begins to, in her tears as she weeps, begins to wash his feet with her hair. And then to taking it a step beyond, she, she, she falls down to her face even further and begins to kiss the dirty feet of Jesus. Think about the look she must have been getting. Think about the whispers in that room. But she didn't care. She was in the presence of Jesus Christ, and she knew who he was. Everybody else might have missed it, but not this sinner, not this prostitute. She knew who Jesus was. She knew that he was her only hope. She begins to kiss his feet. She takes the ointment, this, this perfume in, a, in an alabaster box, and, and she begins to open it. Probably, probably the same perfume that she used in her profession. But instead of using it in a sinful way, begins to, to clean the feet of Jesus and, and, and anointed his feet with this ointment. And the Pharisee, Simon, Simon, uh, as this woman's acting in humility, he again acts in pride. If, this guy, if he was a prophet, he'd know who she was. He wouldn't let her touch. He wouldn't even let her near him. This woman's humility brings her into the presence of Jesus. And we'll see in a few moments uh, even how, how much more, even not just being able to be in the presence of Jesus, but what Jesus does for her. Simon acts in pride. Humility is painful, but it's incredibly needful. It's incredibly beneficial. It is life-changing. Some of you watching today have sin in your life that nobody knows about. Husbands, you got sin in your life that your wives don't know about. Maybe it's an addiction. Who knows what it is? But you think if you can just hold on to that secret long enough, it'll, it'll go away and you'll forget about it. And I'm telling you, the devil will bring that up every single time. You will not further your relationship with God. You will not be the man that God wants you to be until you humble yourself and in painful humility, come clean, be honest, and let God begin to change your life and restore your marriage to what he wants it to be. Wives, you may have secret sin in your life. Uh, uh, teenagers watching, listen, 
Humility is painful. It's not easy to confess your faults one to another. It's not easy to do that, but God blesses it. It's beneficial. It may hurt in the moment, but God's grace is sufficient, and it's enough, and it will change your life. This woman didn't care about the pain that she'd get, this emotional pain that she'd have from going to the Pharisee's house. She just needed to see Jesus. She needed to see Jesus. The Pharisee sees it and says this. If he knew who he was, you know, he wouldn't let her near him. He said it in his heart, by the way. Jesus knows his thoughts and the intents of his heart. And Jesus just turns to him. He's probably sitting right next to him. He's the guest of honor, probably sitting next to the, 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 the man who owns the house. And turns and says, Simon, uh, I have someone saying, Simon, can I tell you something? Simon, I want to tell you something. Simon says, go ahead, master, speak on. Jesus tells him the story about this, this creditor uh, which had two debtors. One guy owed 500, one guy owed 50, and they couldn't pay it back. So instead of throwing these guys in jail, uh, he forgives both of the debts. And Jesus says, which one do you think uh, uh, love, will, will love him the most? And Simon, the only right answer that anyone would know, he said, well, uh, obviously the one who had the greater debt um, that was forgiven, he's going to love him more. And Jesus says, you're right. <laughs> And now, and now and then he's getting ready to roast him. He says, you're right about that. Good answer, Simon. And what does he say in verse uh, uh, 44? He, he's still talking to Simon, but he looks over at the woman and says, see, you, do you see this woman? Do you see her? By the way, Simon only saw her as a prostitute. Simon only saw her as a sinner. Jesus saw her as who she really was, as what she could be. He says, see this woman? He said in verse 44, I entered into thy house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. You, 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 didn't, you didn't give me a, uh, a, a, a kiss. He said, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't uh, give me oil for my head. You didn't anoint me. He said, but she, he compared me. He said, you didn't give me water, but she washed my feet with her tears. He said, you didn't do that, but she kissed my feet. He said, you didn't, you didn't anoint my head with oil, but, but she took her own and anointed my feet with ointment. He says, wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. He says, listen, everything you could have and should have done, you didn't. Because your heart's not in the right place. You really don't care about me. They probably were pleasant with one another. But Simon's heart was in the wrong place. He didn't really believe Jesus was who he says he was. But this woman did. This woman did. He who... To whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Here's the last truth, and we're done. Truly recognizing who we are. When we really, truly recognize who we really are, it shows us our need for forgiveness. And by doing, showing us our need for forgiveness, it creates a genuine, passionate love for God. When we realize how much we need the forgiveness of God, creates a genuine love for him because we know that he gives grace to forgive us, to show us he has enough grace to forgive us. And that's what this woman did. She knew who she was. She knew her job. She knew her, her problems in her past. She knew all about it, which is why she humbly comes to him and, and doesn't even try to speak to him face to face, but instead goes to his feet and begins to wash his feet and begins to weep because of who she was. But when she did that, when she acted in humility and recognized who she was, 
and, and, and the love that she had for him because she knew he was enough for her. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, looks to her after he rose Simon and says, thy sins are forgiven. People around say, how can he forgive sins? How, how can he do this? Uh, who is he that forgives sins also? And Jesus says to her, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. How many years do you think this woman has lived a life devoid of peace? This, this woman of the night doing shameful things for, for we don't know the reason why. She was doing it to survive. It just became her life. We don't know. But no doubt she was broken inside. Broken, completely broken and shattered. Probably a very, very low view of herself. A shameful life. But now, going forward, a life of peace. How? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. She realized who she was. And because of that, she, she, and she knew who Jesus was, and she went to him, acted in humility, worshipped him, and was saved, and was given peace that could only come from Jesus. How can a woman, how can this prostitute woman go to the Pharisee's house and leave in peace a new person? Jesus Christ. And the answer is the same for us. If you can... Truly recognize who you are. If you can truly recognize that you are a sinner, a broken person in need of Jesus Christ and his grace every moment of every day, you'll have a genuine love for God because you'll know that he gives grace for you to be who he wants you to be. Why would we go through life thinking we can do it on our own? Why would we go through life uh, uh, just trying to make it by ourselves in our own strength. We are not mature enough. We are not capable enough on our own. We are not strong enough. We cannot do it without the grace of Jesus Christ. And if we can finally recognize, yeah, I am broken. That's, a, that's the greatest truth I've ever discovered in my life. I'm just a broken man in a fallen world. But God gives grace, and Jesus is enough to deliver me in this fallen world as a broken person he can make me into his image. He wants to renew my mind. He wants to, to just create this new life in me. And he wants to do the same in your life. But it takes us recognizing who we really are. And that's what happened in the life of this woman. Simon probably stayed exactly the same. A spiritually blind guy with a whole lot of stuff. The religious elite knows all the law but empty, spiritually empty. I don't want to live that life. I don't want to be Simon. Hey, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather relate to this woman who knew who she really was and humbly came to Jesus Christ looking for hope. We will love God to the degree that we recognize the magnitude of our sins and the immensity of God's grace to forgive them. Let me read that to you again. We will love God to the degree that we recognize the magnitude of our sins and the immensity of God's grace to forgive them. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned. Listen, we know those verses, we've quoted those verses, but we live as if we don't believe them. Like we've somehow arrived and figured it out. Oh, would you, would you take the plunge into the pool of humility and recognize who you really are? That's the question. Do you know who you really are? Look deep inside your heart and mind. Do you know who you really are? And when you come to the, the truthful reality of that, it's not pretty. It's not fun, but the next question brings hope. And that is, yes, do you know who you are? Answer that question, but then ask this question. Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? He is our hope. He is grace. He is peace. He is love. And he is enough for every one of us, all, all watching, myself, he is enough for every sin, for every struggle, for every trial. He is all that we will ever need. Recognize who you are and remember who He is.